You are listening to a message from Victory. We hope it inspires you to honor God and make disciples in your community. Last Friday, I was with Tammy, and we preached in our Victory U Belt to 3,000 students who attend every Friday and an additional 2,000 students on Thursday. So, grabe, 5,000 young people every week attend our Victory U Belt Youth Services. And we talked about marriage and a vision for marriage. And it is interesting if you research on millennials today and generation next to the millennials. Marami, uh, a lot of people are afraid of getting married. They don't want to get married. They want to be in a relationship. They watch all the John Lloyd movies, okay? And they want to get kilig, all right? But they don't want to get married, maybe because of the Jollibee commercial, no? (laughs) And uh, a lot don't want, and one of the reasons why is because we're exposed to a lot of broken marriages today. They go home, they see daddy and mommy always fighting. They see broken families in and outside of the church, which is very sad. Now, as Christians, I do hope and I do believe we have a responsibility. And that's why we're talking about this. And we're taking a look at love and marriage in a different light. That it's not about you. It's not even about your spouse. It's about God. And my prayer is, aside from you, practicing and applying the principles you learned today, is that you'll have a heart to say, I want to fight for this marriage for the sake of my kids, for the sake of the next generation who's afraid to get married because of all the dysfunctions that's happening in marriages today. And God has given us a design. If, if followed, will ensure happiness, will ensure strength and growth in marriage. But if disobeyed, the design is disobeyed and challenged, it ends up in a lot of chaos. It ends up with a lot of broken hearts, a lot of crying kids, a lot of generation who's fearful to enter marriage because they don't have a healthy vision of what marriage is all about. Can we just bow down our heads and pray as we start? Lord, we, Lord, we thank you because the Bible has given us guidelines, principles. And Lord, even the Bible gives us your heart. When it comes to marriage, Lord, you want all of us in this room, whether single or married, Lord, to have a great married life, uh, Lord, uh, and a great family. So I pray, Lord, today that as we study your word, we would get, Lord, not just the steps and the principles, but get the very heart of God on why we do what we do and why marriage was designed in a way that honors and glorifies God. And I pray, Lord, that we would come out of here, Lord, applying this in our own marriage, and even for the singles, applying this now so that we will be prepared to get married in the future. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, our text for, uh, the, for three weeks, and this is our second week, is in Ephesians 5.31. It says, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. There's something supernatural with marriage. It's two people becoming one flesh, right? And we've talked about this a bit last week. Verse 32, it says, This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Paul was saying, marriage is a reflection of Christ's relationship to the church. And if you were here last week, and I do hope you get to listen to the message. If you're not, it's on our podcast and it's on YouTube. Our, our, our main point last week is that all of us in Ephesians 5 verse 1, are positioned 
to uh, love because we're called beloved. God loves us so much. We are greatly loved by God. And this is the premise of why we're doing Ephesians 5 and taking a practical steps on marriage because of the premise that I'm already loved by God. Now that I've experienced the love of God, I can apply this. Now, if you're here today, you're sitting down and you're saying, I don't know if I'm greatly loved by God, it would be very hard for you to apply the lessons that we're going to tackle today because your position is of insecurity, of you being unloved, which is not true. Because the Bible calls you beloved. You are loved by God. And it is with this truth and premise that we jump off and look at marriage and how we can have a thriving, strong marriage based on Ephesians chapter 5. Okay? And so I'll, I'll divide it into two sections. We'll be talking to the wives, and then later we'll be talking to the husbands, or we'll be talking to the men, and later we'll be talking to the women. But let me first read to you verse 21. In verse 21, it says, Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. The very heart of God is that we as Christians, and even as married couples, we would both be, me and Tammy, my wife, would be submitted out of reverence uh, uh, for Christ. That our lives are submitted to Christ. That Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Savior. What He says, I'll do. He is my King. He is my Lord. And, and I'm submitted. The same way with my wife. She declares, I am submitted unto Christ out of reverence for Christ. We are surrendered to Christ. And now, let's talk about marriage. Sometimes we leave out verse 21 and jump off to verse 22 without understanding the premise of verse 21. That both of us are submitted to Christ. By the way, Ephesians 5 was written by Paul to the church in Ephesus. So he was talking to Christians. So if you're a Christian today, this applies to you. As a Christian, Paul was saying, you need to be submitted uh, to Christ. So that verse 22 would not be as hard as you think it is. Ladies, are you ready for verse 22? It's going to be hard. Verse 22. One, two, three. Boom! Okay, verse 22. Wives. Okay? Ayan na, alam nyo na, no? Okay? Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Bible talks about wives submitting to your husband as to the Lord. Singles, your boyfriend you don't need to submit to. I'm just saying. Not because he wants it. You know, if you want to go to Burger King, you can do. Okay. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Okay. The Bible tells us in the position that I'm already loved by God, and I'm submitted to Christ, now my role as the wife, and it's a specific command. Alam ni Lord, struggle niyo yan, no? A specific command. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. First thing for married couples to understand is that we need to be love, we, we need to lovingly submit to Jesus. As a husband, I need to, sub, to be submitted unto the Lord. As a wife, for the women, you need to be submitted unto the Lord. So that it will be easy to submit now to your husband. You see, the issue is not submission to your husband. The issue is submission unto the Lord. Wives, submit to your own husband as to as unto the what? The Lord. Okay? Loving submission to our husbands happens when there is a loving and willing submission to the Lord. Now, I hear this often in Christian circles. They would always say, 
You know, when, when, when there's a tension between uh, in submitting to your husband, the wives in their wives' group or the women's group would say, Sabi kasi ni Lord, submit eh. That's not submission. That's begrudgingly submitting. That's not submission. It's like a kid who would say, Okay, I will obey and, and stomp out of the room. That's not sub- Parents, you know, that's not submission, right? Okay? That's disobedience. It's the same way with a lot of women today. They use this verse begrudgingly. Sabi kasi ni Lord, submitting. Lord naman. Right? It's not real submission. Because it's ultimately an issue of submission to the Lord. Not just to your husband, but to the Lord. Okay, but guys, you're not yet off the hook, okay? Lovingly submit to Jesus. In marriage, understand this. In Matthew, it's written that when we get to heaven, we're no longer couples. We're married to Christ. I'm not married to Tammy when we get to heaven. What that means is, marriage is earthbound. That's why in the vow you say, till death do us part. Because Tammy, when we get to heaven, I'll call you sis. Okay? I'll not call you panga. Okay? I'll call you sister. In light of eternity, what is far more important is not your marriage. You see, marriage is not about you and your spouse. Marriage is both of you accountable to God, submitted to God. You've got to see it in this angle. Because the world kept telling us marriage is about you and your husband. It's just about the two of you, how you should be happy, how you should prioritize one another. Yeah, part of it. But ultimately, that's why marriage is not eternal. It's because when we get to heaven, we will both be accountable to God. It is in that light that I now live out my marriage. That's why I take care of this marriage. Why? This is earthbound, time-bound. When I die, it's done. But when we get to heaven, there's something else. We're accountable to God. And that's why he says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Verse 23, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit in everything to their husbands. The Bible tells us, and now to the men, listen. As the wife submits to you, Paul was saying it's because the man is submitted to Christ. For your wife to easily submit to you. Now wives, I'm not giving you a license. Oh, he's not submitting to the Lord, so I won't. No, no. What that means is, husbands, we have a major role here. Everything rises and falls on leadership. And who leads this? You do. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. The couple. It's us accountable to God. Husbands, when you get to heaven, you'll be asked, if you've been responsible in leading your wife well, did you make it easy for your wife to submit to you? Now wives, again, whether he's submittable or not, lovingly submit, unless it's sin, okay? But if it's not sin, lovingly submit to your husband. You've got to acknowledge that God placed your husband in your life to lead you. Acknowledge that my husband which by the way you chose, I'm acknowledging that his role is to lead me. Singles, look, take down notes, put this into heart. 
Okay, singles. You have the power of choice that married couples don't. Okay? I'm serious, okay? We want you to start off right so that you don't knock on our door every week, okay? For counseling. You have the choice. What that means is, can I see this guy leading me now? Does my boyfriend, if you have a boyfriend, alam ko mag-valentines na, no? So baka, majalibi ka rin, no? But, but I'm saying this out of love, okay? Okay? And I hope you get convicted, okay? You have the choice now. Do I see this guy leading me? Does he have a vision? Does he have a plan? Does he have money to finance our vision? Where is this going? Is this going somewhere? Is there marriage somewhere on the path? Because if there's none, girl, you have a choice. You do have a choice. You don't need to submit to your boyfriend. Maybe he needs to grow up first. Tell him to attend kids' church. Okay? <laughs> Might grow up. Okay? You've got the choice. Amen ba? Amen? Yeah. Uh, Alright. Okay. after. Okay. But, for the married people here, you've got to acknowledge. And I'm thankful to a wife who lovingly submits to me. What I'm saying is, in terms of spirituality, intellectual, leadership-wise, I'll be honest, Tammy's better on that, those areas. But never has she challenged my leadership. From the onset, and I'm saying from the onset because we were discipled in this area. What do I mean? It's as small as this. I'll tell Tammy, okay, we're going on a date. First few years of marriage, she would say, so where are we going? I said, you choose. What do you want? No, no, you choose. You're the guy. No, 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 you choose. I'm gentleman. You choose. No, no, you choose. You lead here. What was she telling me? She was telling me, if you're really going to date me, have a plan, boy. Okay. It's not like spur of the moment, come on, let's go out, I don't have a plan. If you are special, the guy has to lead well. And I'm thankful because she's built my leadership through the years. That's why you are a helpmate. Because man cannot live by man alone, but on every woman. Okay. That God gives uh, the man, right? Matthew 6, okay? We can't do this on our own. We need, we need women to help us. What I'm saying is, that's why she's helping because we're both accountable to God. I'm leading and I need your help to lead this family. And if it means building my leadership, please do. Because at the end of the day, we'll be accountable to God. We're a team. And so, when I was trained to think, yeah, I, I need to have a plan. I need to do this. I need to act like a man. It's because my wife made me, gave me, deferred the responsibility of leading to me. A lot of women are frustrated with men who don't lead. That's why they take charge. Right? Now, there will come a point where I know women, you'll get tired and say, it's all me making the decisions. That's why you've got to build your man's muscle. You've got to give him some space to lead. Give him some space to fail. Because at the end of the day, it's not just about your happiness for the first few years of marriage. It's going to be long term. Because both of you will be accountable to God. Acknowledge the leadership that is in your husband. 
Give him space to lead. Let him lead. Let him fail in leadership. That's how we learn. That's how I learn. Now I could lead well. Because my wife has given me that space to lead. And I thank her for it. Verse 33. Whoever, however, let each one of you love his wife as himself. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. To the women, later to the men. You've got to respect your husband. Very specific. Men want to be respected by their wife. Respect. Men and women, remember this. Men and women were created equal by God, but with different roles. We've got different roles. That's why I don't believe in women empowerment or men empowerment. We're both empowered. We just have different roles. God created and called the man to lead and love his wife. And when he doesn't do that in a holy way, he's actually sinning against God. Husbands, hear me out. If you're not leading the family, you're sinning. When you let your wife lead the family, you're sinning. Why? You're passive. God did not call men to be passive. God called men to lead. And that's why He commands the wife to respect the husband. Because we need that. So the command to respect your husband is not to feed our ego, though we do have our egos. I need Tammy to respect me because I'm leading it because I'll be accountable to God. I need all the respect I could get to lead this. Why? I entered from single to married without any degree on marriage. I need all the respect because I don't know what I'm doing. I need someone who believes in me. Someone who will honor me. That's respect. It's not for respect's sake. It's for God's sake. In light of eternity, I need my wife to respect me. Not because I'm respectable. Because it's so hard to lead. And we all know that, right? Mahirap maglead ng family. Sometimes it's easier to lead the church than to lead the family. And that's why the qualification to lead the church is for you to lead your family well first. And so I need my covenant wife to respect me so that I could lead better. Because if she doesn't respect me, how can I lead? I don't need other people's respect. I need my wife's respect so that I could lead well. I could be praised publicly, but when I go home, my wife doesn't respect me doesn't really matter if I'm respected outside. Because the people that matter the most, those are the people I need respect from. Whether I'm respectable or not. I need the respect. Because it's both of us. We're not enemies. We're a team. This is our family. And I need you to respect me. So that we could serve God together. And this is where love and respect was actually taken from. Ephesians 5. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your husband. It's both. Two ways. Singles, now this will be hard. A little bit hard. Cheesecake lang yung kanina. This one is me. Singles, that's why you need to marry a Christian. If you're saying you're a Christian. Ladies, I know he's handsome. But if he doesn't love God, it's gonna be hard for you. Why? Because it is something that you value. If you really value your faith and you want this to thrive in unconditional love based on Ephesians 5.1 that you love and the guy doesn't understand that, you'll be asking something he can never give you. He could give the best version of the world's love 
But He might not be able to give you Ephesians 5, 1 kind of love. Thus, it is so important to marry someone of the same faith, of the same value, of the same love and passion towards God. Why? Because of the next verse. Look, however, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Very clear. Now, how do we do that? Let me talk to the men. How do you love like a man? I think it's a good book. All right? Love like a man. Okay. Verse 25. Husbands, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now, honest. Women, is it hard to submit? Yes. So hard. The command is so hard. Submit, submit, submit. Let me tell you, it's unfair. Because the command for the man, for the man, is harder than submission. What's the command? Wives, submit. Have you seen a wife died because of submission? (laughs) The command is, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Simple version, husbands, die for your wife. They're called to submit. You die. Okay? They live. That's why men die younger, right? That's Christ's love. Okay? What this is saying is, I need to love my wife as Christ loved the church. How did Christ love the church? In the midst of rebellion and sin, Christ chose to die for His church. So, husbands, men, leaders of the household, whether your wife lovingly submits to you or not, love her as Christ loved the church. You've got to be willing to die for her. Dying means dying to your own ego, dying to your own pride, dying to the world's standard of manhood. And learn how to sacrificially love. That's how you love like a man. You love her sacrificially. I've died to myself. Galatians 2.20 It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Therefore, what I'm saying, what the scripture is saying is, you've got to love that way. You give up yourself for your wife. Okay. Schedule, service, time, that sacrifice. And that's part of marriage. In light of Christ's love for the church, husbands ought to love their wives sacrificially. This is harder than submission. Okay? So women, don't give us verse 22. We can come back with verse 25. It's harder. Right? So guys, don't ever think, don't ever take your spiritual leadership lightly. In our world today, that's how we think. Guys, oh yeah, my role, to provide, bring food to the house, you know, work, period. No, 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 that's not, that's one of your jobs. There's more. You're the spiritual leader of the house. And if there's something that's so clear and you're accountable with when you get to heaven, it's your spiritual leadership. Have you loved your wife as Christ loved the church? 
But wait, there's more. Verse 26, That He might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the Word, so that He might present the church to Himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without what? Blemish. Even as Christ presents the church to God, the role of the husband is to what? To lead her wife to Christ-likeness. I am going to present Tammy one day to the Lord before I call her sis and say, I've been a sanctifying friend. What does it mean to sanctify? Sanctify means to encourage to Christ-likeness, to push to Christ-likeness. That my role as the husband is to lead my wife towards Christ-likeness. That's my role. So the best way I could love my wife is to lead her to Jesus. That's why you need to lead men. That's why you need to read your Bible. That's why you need to pray. That's why you need to know your theology. Why? You're going to lead this. You're going to lead your family. Lead her to Christ's likeness. It's the most loving thing I can do to Tammy. To bring her closer to Jesus. Lead spiritually. Singles. Ngayon palang. Go deeper in the Word. Pray. Live a life of purity. Why? When you get married, this is your primary job. To lead your wife to Christ's likeness. Ano bang issue ng mga women? Worry. They worry a lot. What do you do when when your wife worries? You actually lead that and say, do not worry, let's pray. And you pray. Get her hand and pray. Lord, I pray, God, Lord, that worry would not be something that we would struggle with because we trust in you. Lord, that you will be the one to provide for her family. So I pray for my wife that she will not worry. In Jesus' name. Guys, wag kayo makipag... No, I want to sympathize eh. Wu-worry siya. Ikaw na, unga, unga, unga. You're not a monkey. Don't do unga, unga, okay? You're a leader. You lead this. And say, no, no, we're not gonna worry. God is with us. Let me lead this. When things are not where it's supposed to be, the box stops with the man. And the man has to say, no, no, I'm going to lead this. I'm going to go to the Lord and ask the Lord for direction. Because I'm leading this. Learn how to lead and lead her to Christ's likeness. What if my wife is more spiritual than me? It doesn't matter. You lead. For sure, there are far more spiritual people here than me. But I'm leading. You just have to lead. Why? It's your role to lead. Therefore, I lead lead her to Christ's likeness. Same way with the wife. If your husband is not running away from God, don't stop praying. Don't quit on your husband. Pray fast. Lay hands on him while he's asleep. Put some holy water on him. (laughs) Cast out those demons while he's asleep. All right? But do something. Verse 28, in the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves what? Himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. Just as Christ does the church, because we are members of His body. Nobody here hates his body, am I right? Some of us are as healthy as Cyril who goes to the gym, 
who eats right. That's why he's fit. Right? He loves his body. Some as, as healthy as others who would eat chicharon and processed food and junk food. They love their bodies just in a twisted way. But the spirit is they love their bodies. Okay? Some do it in the healthy way. Some want to go to heaven faster. Okay? But the spirit is, I love my body. Okay? Whether I go to the gym and I do juicing, why? I love my body. Oh, I'm eating all the chicken joy I want later because I love my body. I want my taste buds to be happy. Right? The spirit is, we love our bodies. Right? That's why by 12.15, some of you are already planning, while I'm still preaching, where are we eating, where are we eating? You're communicating to your stomach already. Why? Because you love your body. It's not sin. Only those who are sleeping while I'm preaching, that's sin, okay? But if you're hungry, it's okay. But if you're sleeping, okay, that's sin, okay? It's in the Bible, the spirit of stupor, okay? But we love our body, right? We take care of our body. Again, healthy way or twisted way, we take care of our body. Okay. And then, what does this verse mean? It means Christ nourishes and cherishes us because we are members of His body. Okay. He takes care of us. Jesus cares for me like I care for my own body. So, the role of the husband, if you're, got, if you're going to love like a man, is you've got to cultivate her daily. You've got to nourish and cherish your wife, not annually, not on Valentine's Day, but every day. Pastor Larry just blogged about why they don't date on Valentine's Day. Because every time they date once a week, it's Valentine's for them. It's special. It's planned out. Okay? It's not ex- extravagant. It's just consistent and regular. Right? Cultivate her. Our neighbor loves to plant plants. And she would take care of it. And because of her, we're now planting also. We have a lot of plants at home now. And my kids would go run every morning with the ruler and check the growth of the plant. They would water it and take care of it. Why? They're cultivating the plant. They're making it grow. Men, our role is to cultivate our wife, nourish her, cherish her with words of affection, with touch, with love. That they're priority. That's why you need to learn how to date your wife. Once a week, date her. Make it something special for her. For both of you. Why? Because you're taking care of your marriage. And it's a great gift to give your kids. That we have a strong marriage. My responsibility is to nourish and cherish Tammy. I should not be selfish, only looking after my welfare. I need to look after her welfare. That's why Monday is sacred for us. Because Monday is our date night. We date on a Monday. It's special for us. We don't do any work, zero work on Monday. Why? Because it's special. As much as you want me on a Monday, I can't. I just rejected an offer to work on a Monday. I said, sorry, I can't. Because if I take this Monday afternoon work, I need to wait seven more days to date the most important woman in my life. And that can't happen. Even if you pay me, I won't. Why? 
she's far more important. That's cultivating her daily. Now, in light of all this, no, you have to understand, your wife is your team. Your team. You're together. The reason I'm cultivating you is so that you can serve God's purposes and God's mission. The reason you're respecting me is so that I could serve God's purpose because we're serving as a family. We're a family on a mission. We're a couple on a mission. We're building a strong marriage as a message to the world. It is still possible. That's why we were so excited to preach to thousands of young people last Friday. Why? They need to see this works. With grace, with the power of the Holy Spirit, this works. It is possible in this age, in this time and age, to still have a strong, healthy, godly, Christ-centered marriages. Cultivate her daily. Now as I end, sometimes, just a reminder to everyone, sometimes we think, you know, my husband, my wife doesn't really know my love language. She didn't take up Strengths Finder or Unique of Jason Law. So she doesn't know really my strengths and my weakness. Let me tell you, with all the literature out there to help you on marriages, when the book of Ephesians was written, there was no five love languages. There were no psychological books to explain how the brain works. It was just God's design. And Paul was saying, in the purest form, you go back here, get to the very heart of how God wants marriages to be. Love as Christ loved. Submit as we submit unto the Lord. Right? Now to the men here, I still have five minutes. Okay? I want to talk to the men. Okay? I want to end with Genesis 2.24. The Bible says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Okay? And that's even our verse, Ephesians 5. A man will leave his father and mother. I want you to see this in this angle, alright? For this reason, a man. Okay? The Bible never said a boy. A man. Okay? Why a man? Because a man will leave his father and mother and take responsibility in leading his family. Okay, it's uh, Alvin. Ilan taon Alvin? Thirty. Thirty kana. Alvin is a man. He's thirty. A man like Alvin, if he chooses to accept the mission to get married, would have to say bye bye Papa, bye bye Mama. I'm not living in my bedroom anymore, and I'm starting my family. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, not a boy. Singles. I know there's a lot of singles in our 11 a.m. Singles. Don't marry a boy. You will cuddle that boy for the rest of your life with that magical chupon. Okay? Okay. You will cuddle that guy. And here's the problem with our generation today, millennials. A lot of girls, they baby their boys. And that's why there's a lot of mess going on a lot of unmet expectations. Why? You're babying the boys. You've got to teach them to be men. Give them space to be men. Right? 
Tatambo ka, hindi nagte-text sa'yo. He doesn't text me. He doesn't have money for the load, okay? Because he's a boy, okay? And you chose that boy, alright? A man. And this is big. Some miss this. Will leave his father and mother. For Ephesians 5 to work, boys, listen up. Men, listen up. Okay? Will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife. Men, there's a lot that we need to carry on our shoulders. That's why you've got to go to God. You've got to pursue God in this area of marriage. Because we're leading it. It's not our wife leading it. Our wife will lovingly submit. Wife, look at your husband. Say lovingly. Okay. Lovingly submit to you. But you've got to lead well. Or else, you'll be accountable, you know, to whom? Not your in-laws. To God. Know what you're entering into. Married people, know that you've entered into it. The twilight zone. It's, it's fun. Marriage is so fun. Done in God's way. It's so amazing. I've never thought I'd be more fruitful when I'm married. I know Paul said, discourage people getting married because it was a time where Christians were being killed. Okay? That was the context. But when I was single, I was fruitful. When I got married, I became triply fruitful. Now with four kids, it's going to quadruple. In effect, as we follow the design of marriage and follow God, it's going to be a great journey ahead. Thank you for listening to this message. For more messages like these from other Victory Centers, please visit victory.org.ph slash resources slash podcast.